0: The question in my mind is, how do you create or relaunch a highly profitable and successful six to seven figure business? With so much conflicting advice about the best ways to start and grow your business, how do you get it right the first time? I want to help entrepreneurs make a real difference and navigate the messy world of startup or relaunch. My name is John North, and this is the Startup Secrets for Entrepreneurs Show. Join me today when we dig deep with our guests and get you the best blueprint so you can fast track your own business. This episode is sponsored by volpreneur.app, your all-in-one online business system. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at StartupSecrets.show right now. So let's get into the day's episode.
1: Hey, this is Jay Vicks with JBI Mobile Marketing. Had a great time on John's Startup Secrets show tonight. It, you really should check this episode out because what we talked about was how I kind of didn't set out to have a marketing agency and sort of by accident, I ended up with a marketing agency and, and we've really talked about the journey from, from nine years ago to today. And I think you won't be disappointed. So check it out.
0: You're listening to the Startup Secrets show for entrepreneurs and I'm your host, John North. My mission is to help entrepreneurs make a difference and navigate the messy world of startup or relaunch, or commonly called a pivot. So to join me today, and we dig deep with guests and get the best concepts and strategies to get your fast track your business. So my very special guest today is Jay Vix from JVI Marketing, and uh, welcome to the show, Jay. Hey, thanks for having me, John. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much. Cool. So um, we had a bit of chat before, and we're going to talk about it today today's about the accidental marketer, which I think... Um, in some respects, most um, entrepreneurs end up being accidental. <laughs> I think it's, um, you know, I think you, you get your brain into one thing and then realise it didn't work or whatever, you pivot to something else and you end up being in a place you would never think of being. I don't think I'd ever would believe that I was going to, you know, 20 years ago be living in Sydney. <laughs> so it was like completely different. So how did you get to a point where you, like, what's your background now in terms of where you got to here?
1: Yeah, uh, it, it, good good question. And I was just thinking as you were saying that. Gosh, twenty years from now, if I could be living in Sydney. I probably would be pretty good too. Um, but uh, but so to, I I have a background in sales, marketing, web design. Um, entirely self taught. Everything I did and I didn't go to college. I, I took some college courses, but wasn't wasn't ready after high school and just never never really took hold. So I knew I had to that was my first pivot was I had to learn how to hustle from a very early age and figure out how to navigate life without the, the piece of paper that says I could go get a job anywhere I wanted. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and at the uh, ripe old age of about 35 as I'm married and I'm just working kind of dead-end sales job after dead-end sales job, I, I decided to leverage my marketing and my web development, like my interest in technology And I started teaching people, I was working for a sales job for a Verizon retailer, so I was selling cell phones. And um, what I was learning, and this is 2010, 11, 12, what I was learning was that a lot of seniors, like over 55 community were buying smartphones because their kids and grandkids had them and they wanted to keep up, but they didn't know how to use them. So I started doing these classes. I was teaching people how to, I, I called it how to use your stupid smartphone. Cause everybody always says, I can't figure out how to use the stupid smartphone, right? And um, so uh, what I was, what, what got me into where I, where I ultimately am today is that a lot of these same people that were coming to my courses owned small businesses and had no idea how to market their business in this new digital age, right? So um, I joined, I linked up with a a company that was a white label reseller for uh, developing mobile apps. Mm -hmm. And I went to a couple of local business owners that I knew and I said, hey, let's build an app for your business. And sure enough, I had a couple of quick wins and a side hustle was born. And then what it turned into, and I was like, all right, what else can I offer? And it was text message marketing. So got into text message marketing. And then I I started having people start to ask me, what else can you do for me? Right? Can you do my website? Can you help me with Facebook? Can you do this? Can you do that? And and sure enough, over time, I had built this, this, what started out to be a mobile marketing company has turned into more of a digital agency. Mm. And uh, I, I kept the mobile apps until about three years ago. I finally uh, dumped it and stopped doing it because the, the, we, we kind of alluded earlier that the volume just wasn't there. But uh, but yeah, so, so now today um, I'm here, I'm in the Greensboro, North Carolina area, and I kind of run the gamut of coaching people with with their digital marketing issues, training, doing a lot of podcasts and talking and, 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 uh, speaking and workshops and this and that. But then on the back end, I have a a very small team of a few contractors and we actually implement what we teach, which is, uh, the, the digital marketer frameworks and tools.
0: So. It's quite, quite interesting because it's kind of a similar journey I did. I think you, you, because you're good at computers, I think you're good at marketing, right? And then you have to actually get good at marketing because it's like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and so I kind of went through a similar scenario. I think we discussed we actually use the same white-label platform. And I think part of the problem with that was there was no integration to anything else. So it's almost like the, the conversation would stop once I downloaded the app. And if you didn't use the app features then you ended up in a situation where how do you translate this person to a customer from there and how do you manage that? And one guy said to me, I think he was quite smart, he said to me that if it's not a transactional app where they have to come on and do things constantly, it will never work. Yeah. And he was dead right because when you look at an app that's for, a, say, a hairdresser and they're not using it to book appointments and, and give them the information, it's just a marketing app, it never worked because no one ever paid any attention to it. That's right. And you know, one, one of the other
1: things that um, towards the end of, of me being a, a reseller with them that that I learned was, you know, uh, people don't want to keep apps on their phones. Like you were saying, if they're not using them and, and then the space on the phones bec- was becoming limited. So people were like, well, I'm running out of space. So I got to keep Facebook. I got to keep Instagram. I got to keep Uber. And, you know, it's like they had these, you know, these few apps that they wanted. Mm. They didn't want the local pizza shop or the local salons you know, things taking up uh, space on the phone. So then, they tried to pivot me towards doing these progressive web apps, mm. and I, I still think there's a there's a time and a place for those, but it's it wasn't anything that I really wanted to go out and kind of push in the marketplace.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the problem. Like I think a lot of the the apps that you use now, like LinkedIn, is essentially a progressive app, but but they've got a framework around it, whereas Progressive app for people don't understand is basically a mobile website essentially that Let's sits see. on your phone that kind of pretends to be an app, but that's right, that's, it only has about half the features of an app. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of a bizarre thing. I think it's almost like a trade off between, well, if App Store won't improve me, then I'm going to do this instead. Um, and totally, yeah, so it's an interesting kind of I think mobile, um, it's one of the fastest transitional things that went, like you couldn't, it's not like it's sat around for, for 10 years and it morphed into something else. It moved quick. Like it went yes. from one thing to another. Um, totally. Now you see everybody's on their phone when, you know, in 10 years ago, like I, I, I play squash a lot, and although with this current lockdown in Sydney, I'm not going anywhere. But basically <laughs> it's like you'd go to squash and there'd be no one with a phone, like maybe four six, ten years ago or less. No one with a phone or hardly anybody. Now when you go there, everybody's on the phone. And right. so that that moves so fast. And and my, I remember the original owner of the squash club said, uh, this is not an internet cafe. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like... And he, start, <laughs> he tried to stop people from using their phones while they were at squash. And I thought, you're just trying to hold back the tide here, dude. And now yeah. he's on the phone sometimes. It's like, yeah, you got caught up with this whole thing of being addicted to the phone, essentially. And... You know, it's, it's a kind of a funny situation where you've got that eyeball, um, but it's not necessarily directed anything. You know, like it's very distractional. Like they they go straight away into something else. You know,
1: completely. So one of the um, one of the things that that got me thinking is too is that I noticed that there are people these days. Um, it's almost like people have forgotten how to verbally communicate right like they they're they're really good at texting and and now there's almost like this this demand on how fast you can reply to a text if you don't reply within like a couple of minutes people are like is everything okay you know but like <laughs> the <laughs> be, yeah yeah it used yeah, to be like, just like leave a voicemail yeah um you know but now it's like now with texting people just think that people think that once they send a message you're gonna see it and and most people do hmm. uh pretty quickly but but a lot of a lot of people and and what's worse is sometimes you know, if you, have a, if you have a client or a customer, I've seen it where, where they expect, you know, that can be customer service, right? Yeah. And, um, and, and then that can happen at 9.30 at night. And then, you know, you run, you run into these issues, but everybody's on their phone all the time. And, and I'm guilty of it too. I mean, if yeah. I wanna get something done, the first thing I do is I pull out my phone, or if I wanna yeah. find something out, the first thing I do is pull out my phone. So yeah. I, I feel like it's it really did move fast. I mean, to think that just 10 years ago, you know, only like 30 or 40% of the the people had a smartphone, and most people were still so resistant. And in 10 years, it's like, who doesn't have a smartphone? Yeah. I mean, the holdouts are now getting those Razor flip smartphones that yeah, are. Yeah, I actually had a, a Dell guy
0: come and fix my laptop the other day, and he pulls this <laughs> flip phone thing out. And it's like, quite interesting. But <laughs> actually, I was listening a fun fact here because Australia just won, or oh, oh, Queensland run the Olympics for 2032 just recently, third time oh, third yeah. country, um, city. That's going to have the olympics but the first olympics in melbourne was 1956 and in in 1956 was the first olympics that was televised and essentially there was only a hundred thousand tvs in australia at the time um that's so amazing imagine that that would probably be a suburb now my suburbs probably got that many tvs right or screen but at absolutely the time, you know the only rich people had tvs right it was all black and white, but. It was quite amazing that really that it's only been 50, 60 years. And when you look at that transition from virtually nothing to to the way we live now, which is such a connected world, but but we're also more disconnected than ever. Um, yeah, scary.
1: Yeah, um, totally disconnected. I, I, it's, it's you're, you're exactly right. I mean, we have the technologies there, but yet I feel like you know the the art of of human. Conversation or communication is dying, or it's maybe not dying. It's just morphed. It's something totally new now that's that's very foreign to to guys like you and me that are you know beyond forty years old. You know, and it it, it is kind of like now I'm looking. At, I've got a couple contractors on my team who are younger, and mm-hmm. and they're great. They 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 talk, but I, I've often been come into the the online meeting room, and there's like two or three of them, and they're not even talking to one another. Mm-hmm. Like while they're waiting on me or something, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Like guys aren't even like saying, "Hey, what's going on?" So anyway,
0: um, yeah, no, but you it's look, and you, you look down and, and essentially they're on their phones and so wherever you go, like everybody's sort of like they reckon that the, the zombie apocalypse has already happened because everybody's <laughs> staring at their phone, right? It's but a bit of like, phone. yeah, it's a bit of a funny um, world. So uh, actually, it was interesting. I'm, I'm working with someone at the moment who's going to be a future guest on the sh- on one of the shows, and one of the things he works on is this, uh, and we were just working on an interesting thing about. I've got a client where it's medical, we sell a, a membership, and people come and ask all these questions. Like, you know, they might send you a big, big, long email about your questions about their health issues or whatever. And we kind of, it's bizarrely, and it's, I look back and think it's a mistake, and I think people do this, it's quite interesting. They'll, those emails are considered admin or you know, supportive-ish emails, so they're not asked for help. And so what happens is you kind of just deal with them and close them down. The, the way they're working at the moment is it's conversational, started like the, someone sent you an email, asked you a question, and now you just shut them down because you're trying to solve their problem. When actually, it's a, it's a chance to make a sale and have a conversation. But you're shutting this conversation down before it even starts. Yeah, and it's such a yeah. opportunity when you think about it.
1: There, there, there's so many. There's so many. I think. I think again, in that in that regard, it's it's kind of an, an art form. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, you know, you gotta be good at the written word. I've always been lucky that I've had, I've, I've been able to, um, communicate via writing really well. Actually, my my wife uh will will be the first person to tell a story that that uh we we met online actually. And if and and one of the things that she said, like she she wasn't really interested at, at first with even dating anybody online. And um but I had written her a couple of times and she said that my writing was like made her very interested in me. And I was like, so maybe I'm a natural born copywriter, but it worked. You know, we're still yeah. married to this day. So it's awesome. so kind of funny. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I did. I did. I wrote something <laughs> right. <laughs> and that was way back in 2005. So yeah, yeah. talk about, I guess, I'm, I guess I have some experience now in writing for the, in the, for, for the
0: you know, written written word through electronic communication. So. And so that's an interesting thing. Like I find that, um, entrepreneurs struggle with is then they, they are their best copywriter. I mean, I, I did an interview with Jimmy Edwards, um, a few years ago and one of the things was that you shouldn't be outsourcing your copywriting you should be you should be getting better at it because at the end of the day you're the best person to write what you're about and secondly if you do get a copywriter to write something it's probably the first draft you're going to change anyway so at the end of the day it's almost like they're never come back with this perfect result that you think is right so you you would have been better off writing at least as best you can and then get someone to help you improve it if you have to but I think there's an avoidance to think, well, you know, words don't matter, but they do. That's probably the biggest thing um, in any sort of marketing exercises. you can have the most beautiful website in the world, but if the words are, are substandard or the, what your messaging is right, and is, you're not going to sell a thing. Do you want simple and effective ways to get started that don't cost a fortune in time and money? Discover the best steps for each strategy we teach and the most important areas to focus on. And even to connect with your best customers and grow an online community, grab your free copy of Startup Secrets for Entrepreneurs at startupsecrets.show.
1: I've often often said, I couldn't agree with you more, I've often said that, you know, nobody's going to sell my company or my services better than me right? And, and it kind of goes along with that is, you know, we're, we're always going to be the biggest chief salesperson and we might be able to find good salespeople that can sell our products and services. But at the end of the day, nobody's going to be able to do it quite like we can because it's ours, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I find is really cool though, that's that's kind of really booming right now is is the artificially intelligent copywriting tools that are out there. And yeah. I love those because I want to keep the writing in-house and I want to do it, but some of these tools are so super smart that I can come up with a, a, a draft of a blog post in like an hour. And then I just got to look at it and edit it. And I'm like, man, I wish I could have thought of that or that line. And it's like so good. So yeah. I'm, I'm really impressed with how far, um, the, that whole, I guess it's open AI or GPT three. I'm, I'm not, I'm not totally up on the technology, but mm-hmm. I do use a couple of, couple of tools to help me right now. And, um, I'm fascinated.
0: I writer just recently, someone referred to me, it's quite nice. It's it's designed to write long blogs and stuff like that. So there's a, a plethora of them now, the looks of it Yeah, amazing.
1: there's one conversion.ai that I've been using um, out of, I guess he's out of Austin, Texas. Mm. Um, but uh, really, really cool. Uh, really cool technology. Definitely a great way to
0: fast track it, right? Like at least you get your ideas down in some sort of semblance of order and then you can you can tune it. But I don't think you have a crack it the first time anyway. Like. No,
1: no, I, and I wouldn't, if I sat down and wrote it, I'd be, you know, if I came back to it 24 hours later, I'd be like, this is garbage, you know, and I'd want to fix it myself. So, so when I have that spitting it out, it just cuts down that, that process time. I mean, I, am a big fan of, of trying to figure out how can we automate and do a better job in less time, right? Always how can we improve in, in, in less time? Cause typically when you think of improving, you think you have to do more, Mm. Right. You're going to have to do more to do a better job. And now it's like, well, how can we do more with less time? Because time is so scarce and, mm. and we can't get it back when it's gone. So uh, so I'm fascinated by any of these automated tools or, or technologies that can help us, you know, um, just just document the process, take people through a
0: process, automate the process. I, I
1: think it, I think it's extremely helpful. And, and yet I think a lot of people are still intimidated by it.
0: Yeah, and I said, we're probably kindred souls here because that's basically the way I think. Like I, I look at it and think, can I automate this? Can I speed it up? Like do it manually first, figure out a way to kind of speed it up. And, and I think the I saw a wise guy, uh, like a futurist or whatever, say something interesting a few years ago, and he said, if you're a high-touch business, if, you, if you're really personal, and it's probably, you know, in the pandemic, everything, it's probably changed dramatically, but if you're <laughs> high-touch, you should go high-tech. If you're high-tech, you should go high-touch because that's what's interesting. Happening is you're missing out that piece. Like you need both, you need that high tech, you need that high touch points. And I think that's what people forget is that, yes, automation is great and it's a good idea, but be careful you don't use it for the wrong reasons. And, yes. and, And but if you're really high tech or high touch right now, there's so many ways you can automate things that people don't mind. Like, you know, some people don't want like the phone, like people don't want to ring up. They want to just do do it online. If they can just do it online simply, they'll do it. But people don't give them that opportunity to do it because they want to talk to them on the phone because it's the only way to deal with them. But you can you can automate most of those conversations or those processes at least sixty seven percent of it.
1: And, and I imagine you're right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 wild. It it blows my mind. And I I swear that that's what that's what keeps me working, right? I mean, that's what keeps clients coming to me. Is like they're like, hey, can, you know, can you help us with this? Can you help us with that? that nothing's changed. But yet everything's changed in the last, (laughs) you know,
0: eight, eight, nine years. Uh, It's wild. I think the principle of selling and the principle of business hasn't changed in centuries. I think that's what people, they kind of forget it. I think sometimes they think that, uh, and I think the age of this kind of the Uber age where, you know, you're given jobs and it's a transactional thing. So a lot of people have transactional jobs where they might go and deliver food or they might be, you know, doing Mm -hmm. Ubering and stuff like that. And that sales process is taken away from them, so they don't need to learn how to sell, or how how to actually be, um, you know, involved in that process. So it's almost like it's it's made them lazy, and they don't think about how to sell.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a much deeper way of thinking of it. That I don't even think I've gone down that road, but you're you, you're perfect. You're dead on with that. I, I with that assessment, I agree. People, you know. Yeah, it's, it's it's just it's it's so different. But but again, at its core, you're right, there's it's still the same thing. You still have to be able to do it, right? Yeah.
0: And know what you're doing. Like subconsciously like you know, like I was working with Ross today, was like, yeah, well I do that, I've done that for thirty years, but I didn't think about that for this client, right? It's almost <laughs> like you forget your own stuff, right? And <laughs> in the end you think, wait in a minute, I could have I could have done this is a this would have worked, but you actually forget. So I think sometimes it's like you gotta remember the basics. I think that's that's the, the secret of this thing is go back to the basics every yourself and say, am I doing the basics here? Every once in a while. And it's funny, you know, there, there's so many of those
1: old expressions like the cobbler's kid has no shoes or, you know, the, the mechanic's car is the one that needs brakes because they spend all day working on everybody else's car. And I often think like, you know, figuring out what to do to grow my business sometimes seems like the most daunting task in the world. But a client (laughs) comes to me and says, Hey, can you market my business? And I'm like, I've got a, I've got a full strategy laid out for them in four hours, you know? And it's like, well, I can't think of it for myself. But, but again, I spend all day. And and the only thing that keeps me grounded and keeps me coming back is when I get back to the basics. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably forgetting a lot of really good lessons that I've been taught. And I have Mm -hmm. to go back and kind of relearn or, or, you know, we, we're big at our, uh, at our agency, one of our, uh, kind of our core, core values is to always be learning, right? right. Like c- continuous education, go back and take another course, go back and, you know, take, go, go watch a workshop, go attend a, you know, a conference, do something, um, always be learning something. And, um, and you, you kind of have to now, especially in, in the uh, agency world, because it changes so fast. Yeah. Um, so the, the technologies and the, and the tools, uh, are so, so rapid. Um, but again, you can get back to its basics. Like what is the end goal? Like, that's why I think the system that we use through the digital Marketer certified partner using the customer value journey and kind of the one page marketing plan where we map out stranger to And That's why I think it's so brilliant mm. because at the end of the day, it's like, this is the basics. Now we might use 15 pieces of software and tools to, to put this all together. But at the end of the day, we're trying to move this stranger and get them engaged with you and get them to opt into something, get, give them some value, get them excited, turn them into a customer, then get a review and then get them to go tell other people. It's like, it, you know, have, you know, it's, it, it's just that simple, but then you have to kind of constantly be learning as to what's the best way today where we can get most of that done in as little time.
0: You know, you know, I think the real big problem is in some respects is that you forget that the person at the other end of that email or the website actually a human being.
1: A human, yeah.
0: And and I think you think, oh, I'm just going to respond like a robot and a robot response is going to come back, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so you end up forgetting that there's a human being at the other end of that thing. Um, yeah. And it's really funny with the cloud, like people say, I'll put it in the cloud, we'll put cloud to someone else's computer. Brian. Right. Yeah. It's like this imaginary thing that sits in the air. It's not someone else's computer. <laughs> it's not yours. I hear that all the time. Yeah. Uh, if I had a if I had a nickel for every time
1: people are like, uh like they log into Facebook and they're like, "Well, if I log out, is all my
0: stuff gone?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not on your computer. It's not on your computer, but it's not in the cloud. It's on someone else's computer. It's on somebody else's computer. You want to hope yeah. that they're looking after it for you. So, where do you right. see? Where do you see you um, you going in the next, say, five years-ish in terms of, of marketing? Is it something that you see there's a big pivot in terms of what's going on now? I think it happened for me. I think the pivot happened for
1: me last year. Uh, tw- at the end of 2019, I had the most grandiose plans and ideas. A lot of people were telling me that I needed to go do more workshops and speak in front of groups because people were like, Jay, when you when you do these workshops, he's, they're like, I see it. People are taking notes and they're hanging on your every word. And you really just have this knack for, for storytelling and and doing these things. And I'm like, people have told me that my whole life and I always dismissed it. I was like, yeah, but I just like typing things into a computer. And it finally clicked in at the end of 2019. They're like, no, I, I kind of, i I kind of feel like i have i was given a gift of like getting out and talking to people and helping people and Mm. teaching and coaching and uh even even going back 20 years ago i played in a band and i should have i should have just drawn on that experience because when i was on stage i was like i mean i i wanted i just hammed it up right i'm jumping all over the stage and i'm like well you know who look at me you know and um but I, f- I forget these things, and and in the end of 2019, I decided that 2020 was gonna be the year that I'm busting out, and I'm gonna go find speaking commitments. I'm gonna go do workshops and boot camps, and I'm gonna teach here, and I'm gonna get in front of these people and these people. And then March happened, and they go, you had right? at home. <laughs> and then it, yeah so so an interesting thing happened i'm a member of an organization called the guilford merchants association they're they we call them gma they're here at in, in the greensboro north carolina area and the pandemic that the lockdown the shutdown happened about seven days seven to ten days before i was to do a live digital marketing workshop mm. for over 55 business owners in a conference room and it was going to be the biggest workshop i've I've, I've ever done personally, cause remind you, this is like, I'm, I'm going to get out and I'm going to do this now. Mm. And, um, they said, Jay, we're not going to be able to do it live. And I'm like, I had to make a, a choice. And I said, well, I have a webinar software. Do you think we could invite all of them and I could set up a webinar and I could deliver it via webinar? And they're like, do you think you can do that? And I'm like, yes, I know I can do it. <laughs> and we pivoted them. Uh, and we did a webinar; it was extremely successful. And they ended up flipping all of their live programs for the entire year of 2020 to Zoom and webinar format. And they actually interviewed me as a, as like their like local business owner, like Mike's good leads leads the way for this this digital uh, thing. This this you know turning everything into online format, the Zoom format. And um, but but the reason why I think if you talk about the next five years in that pivot that pivot happened for me last year because about a year ago i joined digital marketer as a certified partner because it fit with my with the pivot i was making of wanting to speak wanting to get in front wanting to teach wanting to deliver value and help these small business owners grow and be and make them more reliant on their marketing person or themselves and less of like, Jay, can I pay you to do that for me? And don't get me wrong. I'll still take clients and fulfill mm. their marketing mm. at a much higher price point. Just but not
0: scalable at the end of the day. Just it,
1: yes, it's just not scalable. I'm not scalable. Mm. Um, but my bootcamp is scalable, right? Cause I can train people to take people through a bootcamp. Um, you know, my workshops are scalable cause I can ultimately train people or I could just you know teach more people one of me could teach millions of people you know that's scalable like the people out there can help me scale but i can't duplicate my own efforts uh uh I'm, i can't clone myself right yeah. so so you know i don't mind taking on a few clients and we have a good handful of really good monthly uh recurring uh fulfillment clients that we do a lot of online services for uh, but really my my goal my my five-year plan here is to is to be the face of my brand and get out there and try to help as many small business owners figure out what's going on online because they can't keep up with it Right. They've got 15 million. We barely, can. <laughs> like we, barely we, can. we barely can. Like, I'm still trying to figure out how iOS 14's is hitting me and in in my clients in the Facebook ad department. You know, like I can't seem to, you know, it's 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 odd right now. It's a world time, a, a strange time. Um, but clients don't even know what that means. If I say that. You know, yeah. so so for them to even think of doing their own marketing, that's why I say like we really work well if you have a marketing person in your business that we can train or work yeah. with. You know, we act, act as that CMR. Right, at the end of the right. teach them how to fish, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's where I'm at, and that's that's kind of where I want to be mm-hmm. uh, over the next few years. Is really just just really be the face of of the brand and and be looked upon as kind of that person who just wants to help. Local business owners figure it out,
0: and and you know I think at the end of the day, like it, because we're it's almost like when you're in the game of marketing, you forget that people don't know this stuff. Like, and and the reality was, that you look at like the growth of Zoom during that period of time when when the pandemic hit, the like the massive growth they went through. Oh yeah, and you realize that there's a the huge gap in the marketplace. Um, I mean, this happened to me years ago when there was accounting software in Australia because what they decided to do was bring in a GST, so a tax a clean-cut 10% tax on everything, essentially, where it used to be sales tax, it used to be all these complexities, so just one tax on top of everything. It meant that all the people had to have either implement a new accounting system or actually get a new one that would handle it, They had to be converted, right? And it was right just before Windows and all that sort of stuff took off, so the massive amount of purchasing of accounting software in that very short period of time, and it was, I think it was in 2000 this all happened. So suddenly we my business went from the scenario of doing good money every month like 100 grand a month that we're doing in sales and then we're selling accounting software to almost ten thousand or less within three months oh So gosh. the entire business fell off the cliff and it never recovered because what people did is they panicked about the tax then so they, they didn't want to invest any more money or spend any money in their business because they were worried they might have to pay this tax i didn't know about mm. and, but it made everybody much better at accounting and much better at keeping track of their business because they had to, because the tax returns had to be done every month or every quarter. Um, And it's funny now with the government, like they they sent out a thing and said, we'll give you a grant because you've been affected by the the pandemic, um, but you need to tell us how you went for the last two weeks. And I would think that 10 years ago, 20 years ago, even, people would have gone, I have no idea. But now because they're keeping track of it, it's changed that whole process where there's an expectation you should know when yeah. most businesses didn't get told by their accountant until six months later that they were going broke or whatever, right? It's like they are really yeah. fast. So it's interesting how this kind of sudden groundswell of something just takes all the oxygen out of a marketplace and then transitions it to something else. And then when they get yep. there, they think, well, hang on a minute, that's not quite what I wanted. And the amount of people have changed, like we sold accounting software, the amount of people would change afterwards and think, oh, i got the wrong thing, I didn't really think about what I was needing. I just reacted and followed the herd, Yes, um, you know, and so it's, I think that's the, the the settling part of this process is you're going to see a lot of people buy all this stuff and not necessarily use it properly or hit the wall with it. I saw someone post something on Facebook this morning and said, oh, I'm over Zoom, it just keeps on dropping out and doing these things or I'm going to, what's there, what else is there? And then everybody underneath it defended Zoom. <laughs> that's quite interesting, right? <laughs> it's like, no, it doesn't work. Fine for me, like you know, because I've, I've got to make sure I make the right buying decision. But it's it's interesting. I think that's the opportunity in the marketplace is that people now can do online when they yes. never could before, and it's not that hard. But you know, mm. you've got to you know you've got to get the right tool for the job, right? You can't just be trying to use a, a star screwdriver strew with a you know, flatty, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny. You say that with the, the zoom conversation, is hysterical. Um, and the accountant situation, I was just picturing a whole bunch of people with shoe boxes coming to their accounts. Pretty system. much is the way it works. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When I
0: yeah. first started selling accounting software back in the days before even windows, like it was like yeah. the shoe box was real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My dad, my dad's been an accountant
1: for like 50 years and he's like, yeah, put your receipts in a shoe box. And that's it. And we'd have to go through them. But, um, but you know, I, something that's happened over the last couple of weeks. I mean, this is really going on right now in my business. Like if I'm I'm getting real for like right now Mm -hmm. is I've had a lot of people ask me if they could just, if I had any type of coaching, like group coaching or one-to-one coaching that can be delivered via zoom or a web meeting. Um, and obviously I know it's, possible but i had never really thought of making that a product in my business or as a service so so in august we're going to be launching our first um one-to-one coachings with people who have gone through our strategy boot camp and then group coaching for anyone who owns a business that wants to work on something and just get like kind of an ask me anything just kind of ask the experts and i'll work with them through it and um i've got a couple real affordable price points for that but that only that's only been birthed it's being birthed now a year after everybody learned about zoom and being able because a year ago everybody was terrified of yeah. doing this sort of thing right yeah. and now that people are well, figuring kids it out yeah right school kids have to do it yes yes so so the people that i work with the parents and the grandparents that own these businesses they're like Oh yeah, I'd be happy for you to teach me if I didn't have to go anywhere. I could just do it from my my home office. And I'm like, this this is gold. the opportunity.
0: Gold, this is the right? no, They wouldn't do it before. They like they go, no, no, you're gonna come see me or whatever. Now don't come see me. Um, right. You know, it's like it's quite interesting. It's almost like it, it's complete reverse. So they don't want you to go and see them now, the but before they would not insist on it. <laughs> completely, completely. Yeah. If if you own a business
1: out there, try to find a way to deliver value virtually, because the amount of time and gas and mm. energy and effort and just just time, it all comes back to time again. Time and money, right? Um, you can you can really scale by doing this sort of thing. Right, this this virtual conversation, um, and and people aren't afraid of it anymore. Like Zoom has changed that, right? Yeah. You know, the, the pandemic changed it.
0: So. And I think it'll never change back. So I think a lot of people would, you know, like, you know, the virtual conferences and stuff like that will keep going because it's so much more cost effective to run, and they don't have yeah. all really, the, you know, they're suddenly discovered. Like same with um in in Australia, for example, they because we're in in another lockdown, they said, oh, um, if you force an employee to come to work when they didn't need to, we're gonna fine you $10,000, right? And I'm going, that's interesting, isn't it? Because previously it was, you know, we want them all to go to work, right? Like that's, And now they realize, hey, I can get work done at work. And some people are saying, I'm not coming back to work. If you're gonna force me to come back to work, I'm quitting, right? Right. And it's like the whole thing's changed when all these businesses suddenly realize that actually could work from home. They didn't yeah. need that big office in town and they didn't need that big infrastructure that, that what they did, most of it could be done at home. There is so
1: many commercial properties that are being vacated and have been vacated and our people are leaving because they've, they, they used to have 50 people coming in the office and they're like, we're just as just as efficient without that overhead, without that lease, without that, you know, 30, 40, 50, $60,000 a month, uh, rent payment over our heads so yeah. yeah it's 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 happening everywhere
0: i think as a, as a startup like if you can focus on solving those problems um whether that's helping them do it better or or giving them some resources to do it i think that's the opportunity in the marketplace right now is come out with those solutions because there's so many of them that seriously mm-hmm. be out, there's enough people to handle it in terms of what's sitting there now
1: yeah no doubt mm-hmm. no doubt
0: brilliant all right so um if someone wants to have a chat with you, what do they, what should they do? Yeah, that's a, that's awesome. And thanks for asking me. Uh, so the, the
1: best thing, if you want to have a chat with me is go to jvimobile.com. So just as it says letter J letter V letter I, and then mobile M-O-B-I-L-E.com. Um, that's our website. We just, we just spent a lot of time, uh, kind of revamping it and getting it to a place where we really feel like it, it matches who we are um it really speaks from from the point that we want it to prior to that it was very i don't know i was just i'm never happy with the website right but this is the first time. time it's, it's never finished time. right um but i finally feel like right now it's at a place where it says everything i want to say right and, and um yeah yeah and <laughs> And, um, and they can definitely, or, or email me, which is just j at jbimobile.com which is easy, but, but yeah, check out that website. And I do have a, a, a kind of a sister website that was launched right before the pandemic, which is that tutorial training, teaching type of website. And that, that address is how to dot agency. Mm-hmm. So it's just literally H-O-W-T-O dot agency. It's not a dot com. It's a dot agency. And, and there's a lot of blogs and material, um, if you're a small business owner and you're looking for some tips tricks you know totally you know free whatever just just pure value yeah. um you know how to dot agency is kind of the, the resource for that and we're trying to we're trying to keep it populated with good content
0: nice good right great, great work so really Thanks. appreciate your time and i think we had a, we, you know we could probably go on for hours with this and maybe we will later <laughs> but um, yeah man yeah i really appreciate you coming on the show and um check out the website and um I'll hope to talk to you again soon
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate it.
0: That's a wrap on another awesome episode for the Startup Secrets Show for Entrepreneurs. Just before you go, if you like this episode, we'd be very grateful for a five-star review. Please also consider recommending the show to a friend or two. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at startupsecrets.show right now. Until next time, if you're an entrepreneur, make a start on your next great business idea today.